This is Over the Line on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Ah, uh, yes. We're going to dive into the Green Bay Packers. There is a name floating around that Brian Gutekunst may or may not be targeting. Nobody? Well, that's kind of the case, right? Like, Rowdy, who did the Chiefs just trade for from the Giants? Kadarius Toney. Yeah, they got a wide receiver. first round pick. Uh, who else made a move? Wasn't didn't the Jets just uh, acquire someone well, from the, the Jaguars? The Jets acquired James Robinson, the running back, because Breeze Hall, their stud rookie running back, went down with an ACL. Yeah. I'll see. The Cardinals acquired Robbie Anderson. Uh, the Ravens picked up Deshaun Jackson. There's a couple other moves out there. I uh, can't remember if it's quite the top of my head. And then there's one team who has an obvious problem uh, when it comes to wide receivers. That's the Green Bay Packers. And uh, you just kind of hear crickets from Titletown. But there are we're linked to some names, though. We'll talk about it coming up. Uh, also, the Twitter poll out right now. What would you, uh, which would you rather be, Tom Brady on the field? You know, you got your legacy, you're, you're playing football, you're, you're known as you got the rings, you, you know, habitual winner, yada, 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 or Tom Brady off the field. You're married to a supermodel, you have a family for the time being, and uh, you're keeping your health intact more than it would be if you kept playing. This guy knows a thing or two about, you know, marriage and having kids. I don't know about playing football, but Wisco Chad in the house. What's up, dude? I play football like Bruce, Brucey. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't eat that popcorn. Yeah, popcorn, popcorn, dude. Chad, good morning. What's up, dude? Uh, What's happening? Yeah, I mean, at this point, can we just tank? The Packers? <laughs> tank, tank. Oh, yeah. You're on the tank, tank side? back. Yeah, we don't, we're, no, that's loser mentality. Do it. Tank. You've had too many nights out with Tracy get, Morgan. Get up out of here. Pull the plug. Let the water go out. Season's the over. Get a draft pick. Uh, I, you know, I. You on drugs? Well, yeah, we can set it eight and nine and get like middle of the raw, or we can tank. Are you on drugs? Uh, well, we, we're not going to trade anything away to get any talent, so we might as well tank. That's, I, I just, I don't know. But yesterday's announcement of turns really has me in just a bitter mood too. That yeah, we got to get into that coming up too. Chad, if the Carolina Panthers can go out and beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last weekend, and that is that might have been the worst team in the NFL playing-wise so far this year, I don't think the Packers should be tanking. I think the uh, Bucs are tanking. Well, why not? The- Give it up. Brady's the only one that's not in on it. Yeah, he's he's put his marriage up for you know on the chopping blocks in order to win games. Huh? Well, that's the truth, right? Yeah. Brady's the only one not in on it, and he can't seem to figure out why everybody else around him's like, "Well, we got next year." Chad, you, Tom Brady, all the rings, twenty-three years in the NFL, the legacy. Uh, could you imagine saying, "I want to keep doing that and not be married to a supermodel"? Like, is is Tom? I'm still trying to grasp all this. How 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 can you go out there to be like no thanks to a supermodel? He's embracing his inner DiCaprio. He's gonna trade her in for a 23 year old. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, I think Leo's now with a 24 year old. By the way, I think he, he bumped his age up one year. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. I guess you have to when you're a decade older than when you first started. <laughs> hey Chad, any faith for the Packers winning Sunday night? 11 point dogs against the, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, probably not, because yeah. you just said they should tank. Oh, yeah, this will be the game they win. Yeah, in typical Packers fashion. 
it, I mean, play up to the level, right? Play up to the level of their competition. Like, they're, they're counted out. There's no chance. Arizona last year, wow, that worked. You know, it, it just, ah, ah. trap game for the Bills. Trap game, for, love it. Anything else on your mind, Chad? But, uh, until you go screaming to the abyss about David Stearns? Uh, I, I, I'm so mad about that. I am so mad about that. When's he a Met? Six weeks. <laughs> Seriously, middle. Of, oh wait, no, it's middle of January. Middle of January, he's a New York yeah. Met. So you can have bigger bites yeah. of a bigger apple. He's he's already got an uh, email account. You know, he's just slowly uh, trying to figure out how to break a tan and osteo that he completely screwed him for the last year. Or did Ananasio screw him? I don't think so. I I, I don't think so. I ask, think Rowdy, ask Rowdy who traded away Josh Hader. Brett screwed Brett. Um, I, I don't know. I, I I really don't think Ananasio cares. He just sits back and collects his money on this investment at this point. Mm. Sad. Mm. We're, we're like Bud Selig Jr. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Chad. We'll talk to you later, buddy. See ya. Yeah. Uh, line one, who's this? Good morning, guys. Oh, one second. Line two, who's this? I'm about to tell you all God, Unbelievable. All right, so the Green Bay Packers, boys. Linked to A.J. Green. A.J. Geriatric Green. No, thank you. Is a name to watch for the Packers. The ultimate towel thrower in her. The Green Bay Packers have had trade talks with Arizona Cardinals surrounding wide receiver A.J. Green, according to ESPN. I mean, that's got to be cheap at least, though. At least what? in terms of what you can give up. Yeah, I'm, I well, I mean, but here's the thing. Is A.J. Green even worth any draft capital at this no, point in his career? Would you rather have like, that Fry Fogle or A.J. Green? Still A.J. Green. I mean, he's done it. He's done it. He's proven, but AJ Green is like 34 years old. Oh, AJ Green. I saw a tweet the other day and it was pretty funny. It was like, man, I'd love a receiving core of Randall Cobb, AJ Green, and Sammy Watkins if it was 10 years ago. <laughs> if it was, yeah, 2014, that would have been prime. 2012. Uh, Rowdy, AJ. AJ Green, if remember the Cardinals traded for him, isn't he one of the reasons why the Packers beat the Cardinals last year? AJ Green is yeah. so washed, it's not even funny. Like you wasn't I've watched a few Arizona Cardinal games over the last you know couple years since he has been on that team. He I don't even know if you can say he's a shell of himself in Cincinnati. He he drops balls, he takes routes off. You know, he acts like he's a superstar when he's half a star. (laughs) Okay, here's a stat for you. Despite playing on 249 offensive stats, A.J. Green has caught just 10 passes for 56 yards, averaging a career-low 5.6 yards per reception. He played no part in the Cardinals' win over the Saints last week. You know... DeAndre Hopkins was out with PED use, so he was suspended for the first six games. If A.J. Green was legit, think about this. There wouldn't have been such a huge bump from DeAndre Hopkins, but DeAndre Hopkins really did make Kyler Murray look way better than what he had looked with DeAndre Hopkins out. And if A.J. Green was really that good and he was A.J. Green, you have DeAndre Hopkins, who's your one. A.J. Green on paper would be by name your two. 
why in the hell did you have to go trade for Robbie Anderson? Right? If AJ, <laughs> like, that's a really like, good point. Seriously? If A.J. Green is A.J. Green and DeAndre Hopkins DeAndre Hopkins, why the hell do you need Robbie Anderson to stretch the field? Right. You're all, you already have guys like Rondell Moore and some of those other guys that you were hoping could develop into legit receivers that can either play a role stretching the field, catching balls near the line of scrimmage. If AJ you Green need Robbie Anderson. If AJ Green is the answer for Brian Gutekunst and the Green Bay Packers, then Goody, I will help you pack your boxes and get out of title time. And wouldn't you say that with that same exact roster, while a guy like DeAndre Hopkins was down, that AJ Green would all of a sudden become the man that's commanding all the targets because it's AJ Green, he's this great player. Like okay, let's think about this for a second. Here's another stat for you. A.J. Green has 56 receiving yards on 164 routes this season. He's averaging .34 yards per route run. So if they were to trade for him, it would be insane. So when we think of A.J. Green and we think of insanity, the, the crazy like one-handed acrobatic catches that we remember him when he was in Cincinnati, when he was arguably one of the top five receivers in the league for a good chunk of a period or a good like period of time years ago many moons ago people don't forget people don't forget <laughs> can you guess the last year that aj green had a thousand yards receiving sometime in cincinnati that would be correct yes but the year uh i don't remember when he left there 2014 2017 five years ago Five years ago is forever in the nfl that's longer than the average career he <laughs> Okay, I was reading this too. Green, A.J. Green, a veteran presence, would like, likely wouldn't make the mental errors that Aaron Rodgers has spoke about. He also well, here's the, the thing. Do he you need? Doing, he would do anything. Do you need another veteran player in this receiver group just for veteran status? No, I need You have Randall anger. Cobb. You have Sammy Watkins. Yes. Those were supposed to be your veterans and your leaders, blah, blah, blah. Do you really need another guy that almost fits that exact profile? Isn't Alan Lazard a veteran now? Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. There's another veteran. No, like Sammy Watkins and Randall Cobb were guys that are almost in this AJ Green profile. I know they do a lot of different things like in-game scheme-wise, but on paper, they're old receivers. They were good in the past, and now they're basically veteran leadership. I think I would be willing to argue that I think there's more juice left in Sammy Watkins oh, and yeah, in Randall totally. Cobb from what we've seen, one, just in this this year with Randall Cobb, who's actually been making a few plays here and there, and Sammy Watkins with the ability that he's shown just a couple years ago. We're talking about they were questioning whether Sammy Watkins would be a a true bump in talent at the wide receiver position because we were like, hey, do you remember when the the Chiefs made it to the Super Bowl and won and he had that hell of a game? Well, that was like two, three years ago now. We're talking about 2017 for A.J. Green. That's five years ago. <laughs> okay, so And he's younger than A.J. Green. Sammy Watkins is like close to 30. A.J. Green's almost 34. 35. Yeah, 35. They talk about like he won't commit the mental mistakes that Rodgers was bemoaning about. Watch the tape. Last AJ season. Green drops passes all the time. Last season, wasn't it A.J. Green who ran the wrong route or gave up on the route in the end zone that had yes. Rasul Douglas picked off Kyler Murray and sealed the game for the Packers? Yes. Wasn't that a mental mistake by AJ Green? I think he might have also fumbled in that game. What are we talking about with mental mistakes? He's a veteran without mental mistakes. I just should give you two examples. Last season, 33 years old. He stinks. 
If this was 2014, I'd be all over it. Oh, my yeah. God. If this is the move from the Packers and they actually trade draft capital for him, Brian Gutekunst is the biggest idiot in the NFL. I would rather I would rather stand pat with what the Packers currently have with a Christian Watson that you hope can get, get healthy and get him out there on the field to get reps, to continue to get Romeo Dobbs reps. They sounds like the offensive side of the football is really liking what they see from Samari Toure in practice. That was Rondell Moore. We'll see. We'll see, but I don't know what you're going to get from a Samari two rate, even though they say he's starting to really run great routes. He's starting to kind of flash on on the scout team. We know that Dobbs has flashed. Watson's got to get healthy. And then it's all the older veteran receivers like the Watkins, like the uh, Cobb that have had hammy issues and ankle issues. Now you have Lazard, who's the other uh, veteran though he's still a younger player with a shoulder issue yeah. i would rather stand pat than give up draft capital no for aj green like what are we thinking that we're going to trade for aj green sixth round pick seventh <sighs> round pick i i there's you just no way in it. hell you can give a fifth round pick we've even seen goody hit some of the better guys that just he's drafted it. over the years in the fifth sixth round cash consideration I, I, seriously I would rather stand pat and watch the and and hold my breath and watch the young guys grow than throw out the ghost of AJ Green and give out draft capital. I would much rather go get a Chase Claypool or a DJ Moore or a young talent and give up a second round pick, a fourth round pick, and a fifth round pick. And maybe some cash consideration for a guy that's a legit player that you know can be a needle mover. So, I mean, from the rumors around the NFL, I went from the Packers are want to get a wide receiver who's still on a rookie contract to being like, oh, we're sniffing around A.J. Green. Woo-hoo. Stop. Mm. Stop. To answer your question, when you said Ty Freifogel or A.J. Green, I said A.J. Green because I think on paper, if we put them both out on the field, A.J. Green is better than Ty Freifogel, even at the advanced age of 34. <laughs> But if I am the Green Bay Packers, I'm kicking the tires and working out Ty Freifogel to be a part of this team before I'm trading, giving up capital for A.J. Green. No doubt. No doubt. I will talk more about it coming up. Is that guy who played for Indiana? Yes. Yeah. And and the funny thing about that that is. That name sounds familiar. Ty Freifogel is like a (laughs) a 6'5", big body, big hand. He's going to be like a jump ball guy in the end zone. Mm -hmm. But the issue with Ty Freifogel is he flashed and had that huge season in 2020. Mm Mm-hmm. When Michael Penix Jr. had that uh, Superman season. When Michael Penix Jr. could actually play. But in 2019 (laughs) and in 2021, when Michael Penix wasn't Superman, Ty Freifogel was kind of... uh, I mean, that's expected. If if you're a a receiver and your quarterback isn't helping you out. Pac-12 commissioner says fans are, quote, not in favor of the USC-UCLA move. Who says this? The Pac-12 commish. No kidding. <laughs> really? <laughs> Question for you guys. Who is in favor of this? Besides the Big Ten getting more say, money. The Big uh, Ten. And Mark and USC, eyes on the TV. UCLA. Are yeah. Big Ten fans in favor of this move? As we are Big Ten fans. Yeah. Are you guys I'm in gonna favor? I'm going to go and say, I think a lot of Big Ten fans are indifferent. Yeah, I mean. Do you care that USC and UCLA are coming in for your own personal viewing of college football? Mm, besides, maybe have to stay up late for a couple games, or that's fine. I don't care. It's fine with me. <laughs> I'm pretty for the eleven a.m. Different. Like I'm, I'm indifferent. On paper, yeah. you get why the Big Ten is doing it, right? Yeah, they're making money. a ton more money. They're getting into all three of the biggest markets in the United States. 
it makes a lot of sense from the Big Ten perspective. Let's see here. I bet all of the the Big Ten schools are happy. I bet USC and UCLA are happy because they're all going to be making more money. But as a fan, do you do you no, really care that I, much? I don't. I, I welcome it. During a Pac-12 basketball media day, the Pac-12 commissioner said he's spoken to more than 100 people connected to both programs, UCLA and USC, including players and coaches, and the consensus has been against the move to the Big Ten. Quote, I think saying hundreds would be an exaggeration. Dozens, more than 100, and I have yet to talk to anyone and the UCLA and USC community who's in favor of the move, I will say that I probably hear from folks who are not in favor and I'm not surprised by it. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, right now, uh, with this move, the Big Ten adds another top ten market and you're in five of the top ten in the United States. New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, Philadelphia, surprisingly number four. Didn't mm. see that coming. And then coming in at number nine, uh, DC Metro, Metro booming. Uh, it's, I, right there, you're you're putting in markets that are going to have the Big Ten network built in. You're on terrestrial TV with your plan moving forward. Nobody has to really pay extra uh, for you know NBC, yeah. CBS, and Fox, and like the Big Ten is going to have the most eyes on it week in, week out, because whether people like it or not. Well, they got the stranglehold you, on the markets. You do not have to pay extra to see Big Ten football moving forward. Yep. You don't have to have extended basic cable to get ESPN now. So on your Big Four, week in, week out, you're going to have the Big Noon kickoff. You're going to have the big CBS noon. 230 game. And you're going to have the NBC night games. Let's also not forget that uh, the Big Ten still has the Big Ten network, yeah. which was the first network that was put together. Because now you see all the ACC networks, yep. the SEC networks, and you can go right on down the line. Pretty much every single conference now has their own network for the most part, especially for the Power Five. Seven of the top 15. Because Minneapolis is 14 and Detroit is 15, by the way. There it is. But I would say that the Big Ten... The First one to do it obviously still has the most lucrative deal. Mm-hmm. And so I, I may get the ACC, the SEC and all those different networks. I, when I go to the big 10 network, I can still find like volleyball, yeah. wrestling, all these hockey, like random sports for like the other networks. It's literally just like football. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, by the way, shout out to Wisconsin volleyball the other night, taking down Nebraska, the number one team in the country. Swept them. Swept. Not just take them down. Now, now, I can't say that I go surfing those channels looking for like SEC volleyball or whatever, no. but just going around, you know, surfing the channels, I hardly ever see those channels have anything but college football and, and then, maybe some college basketball. Right. And, on. Then yeah. they, and then, or they replay the games like all the time. And I know the Big Ten Network does that too, but. Those other networks, they replay the full game. Uh, Big Ten Network breaks it down to like football the, in 60. So you get like an hour to condense a whole game into. And take all the nonsense plays, get all yeah. the good ones. But you there. have to say that the the Big Ten, they might not have the best conference when it comes to talent and football teams like yeah. the SEC. Yeah, really but <laughs> they, they really kick everyone's ass when it comes to media relations, lucrative deals, yeah. and kind of the ins and outs of every market. Like They've dominated it. 
So uh, let's see here. J. A. Krebs, good morning, Jordan, tweets at me. He says, the Pac-12 should be begging the Big Ten to fully merge all schools into the Big Ten. I mean, that's where it's kind of headed, right? There's two super conferences? So, probably. Yeah. But like, it's I, not going to happen for a while, but right. that's and where it's headed. Some of those schools are going to be left out. Sorry, they just are. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun in whatever little thing you, you guys decide to do yeah, down the road. You'll still be... FBS, but you just won't be involved in the national championship picture. Yeah, let's see here. Uh, for, <laughs> for basketball, what is uh, Oregon's, you know, Dana Altman says, there's no way to sugarcoat it. It's not good for our league. We'll survive. We've got good, we've got 10 good teams. It's our challenge to improve. Yeah, it so, is. That's on, that's I mean, on that, every school's that's challenge to improve. That's one thing, though, historically, the Pac 12 hasn't really had a problem with having a good basketball league yeah what's uh, the pac 12 better than the big 10 at uh, there's only one sport that really comes to my mind that i think swimming. of swimming baseball baseball <laughs> swimming <laughs> like track hey this guy's pretty good track well i know overall oh baby it's that time you gotta do a little sports gambling with our guy dave Vessler. the beautiful brilliant mind down there in florida you know what? I'm just going to get right to him. Well, there's no time like the present. We got so many bets in the cooker right now. We got to talk to the expert. Dave Essler in the house. David, good morning. How are we doing, brother? We're doing well. How are you guys doing? It's Friday, man. Freaking on cloud nine. I agree with you. Oh, oh sorry, I, right This there. week has been flying by. Yeah, Dave, it's, this week, time has had no meaning ever since like 2020. But this week, man, it's really been flying by. I think. Uh, why, why do you think that is? They fired that CERN thing up in, was that Switzerland? I think, you hear about that thing that's like that particle accelerator? Uh-huh. Yeah, they said that once they fired it up, when they first fired it up, that's what altered, you know, the time, the fabric of space-time. And now we're just, you know, circling down the drain. I think that's what it is, Dave. I can't, I can't uh, confirm or deny it, but I think that's what it is. Oh, I, don't have a, I, don't, I don't have any reason to debunk that myth, so well, let's go with let's it. Let's go with it. Hey, how about this, Dave? Now, you were... You're not still a Tom Brady guy, are you? Now, I know you were when he played for your Patriots, but are you a Tom Brady guy still? Nope. So let me ask you. Tom Brady's fighting off divorce, yada, yada, yada. What, which legacy, or what would you rather be? Because it's our Twitter poll today. Tom Brady on the field, you've got the legacy, you got the Super Bowl rings, you're playing football, uh, you know, everyone's looking up to you that's a football fan, or would you rather be Tom Brady off the field? you got a supermodel wife, a family, and your health. What should Dave Essler go with? I'm on the field because if I'm really good on the field, I can have any supermodel wife I want. <laughs> That's the answer. David! Woo! You never disappoint, yep. do you, Dave? Yep. Hey, speaking yeah. of that game last night, did you have any cash on that thing? Did you have any bets on that? Yeah, Rowdy beat me. I actually fell for that. I drank the Kool-Aid and took Tampa Bay. But oh, Dave. It, it's funny that I tweeted out early. I, you could see it coming in the in, in typical NFL in the – Late in the first, early in the second quarter, when the Bucks had the ball at midfield and a and a seven point lead, and like twice, and they didn't score. And you know, if you don't put teams away in the NFL, you're not going to win, and they didn't. That's a, that's a pretty good point. So, and the Baltimore Ravens gave them every opportunity early, and especially in that first half, to really extend that lead, and they they yep. really kind of just sat yep. on it, like you said, because what the the Ravens had a fourth and two inside the ten, which they didn't get, and got stopped, yep. turned it over, and then. You yep. had a field goal blocked? Yeah, and Tampa Bay gave Baltimore their first three points with a muff punt. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know that I saw Brady throw that many bad passes in 20 years as he did last night. That was pathetic. <laughs> He's got a lot on his mind, Dave, okay? He's trying to keep his supermodel wife. Hey, Dave, I... <laughs> what did you say about the Pac-12? 
Oh, the Pac-12 commissioner is like, we don't like the move of the USC and UCLA to Big Ten. None of the none of the fans <laughs> they're gonna, like it. They're going to like it a lot less when they play Wisconsin in the first week of December. <laughs> right, I know. Other fans are like, I got to get up for this. Hey, Dave, yeah. we'll, we'll do college coming up. I have to ask you on this one, though, buddy. Help me out with the Green Bay Packers. There's an 11, 11 points I see now the the Bills are favored by. As a beautiful gambler mind that you are, what is what is when Dave Esser sees this eleven points, the, how the Bills are, how the Packers are, what do you think? I don't know. It's one of those ones that I, I don't. You know, I mean, look at Tampa Bay last night. You keep you keep betting on teams to to do things that they haven't done, and and that's not a recipe for making money. You know, <laughs> and you're asking the Packers to do something they haven't done, so. I'm not. I, I would not be a confident plus eleven better, or yeah. by any means. What about the over under forty seven and a half? Like the Bills are, um, they got a friggin' wagon, dude. They can pile on. Yeah, I, I but don't the know. Packers might I mean, not be able to score they, against they, Buffalo. They, you know, they, they, it, it might go over. I mean, the Packers might get a few, but you know, Buffalo, Buffalo probably wants to continue to make statements. I mean, yeah. I mean, but it is prime time Sunday night football in the AFC, so. You know, it's almost like one of those that um, I don't know that 11 is enough to get me to take the Packers, and 11 might be too many for me to give with the Bills. Interesting. But, if, you know, gun to my head, uh, I'm taking the Bills for the first half, probably. Yeah, first half bet. Man. Dave, I don't, uh, no, 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 no. We don't apologize here, Dave. You know this. Dave, when it comes to NFL bets outside Packers-Bills, what, what are you eyeing up? What are you looking at here? Um, Rowdy and I disagree on this one. Um <laughs> He likes the Patriots. I like the Jets. I mean, I know the Jets haven't played anybody, but they won four road games. I mean, who does that? And, you know, I, I know Brees Hall is not playing, so, you know, hold your, hold, your, hold your panties here. But, you know, the Patriots' wins were over the Steelers, barely, Detroit, who sucks, and, and Cleveland, which is a huge matchup problem. I, I don't think this is, um, even without uh, Brees Hall, you know, the Jets' defense is third and in yards per rush allowed, and I think seventh in yards per pass allowed. And, and you know, say all you want about Mac Jones's ball hitting the, the wire there on the interception or, or Bailey Zappi in the second coming of Tom Brady, they're both BS. Um, I, I like the Jets. <laughs> oh, I think I mean, I mean, the Jets know, have I, not... I almost like yeah. the AFC East against the Patriots for the next five years because wow. they've, all got, they've all got 20-year payback on their mind. I mean, and then the Jets always play the Patriots tough, even even when the haven't Jets the Patriots won twelve straight against the Jets? Like, aren't, yeah, aren't trends your friends? Usually close games. I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and take the Jets, and I might also go ahead and and not take Miami. I mean, everybody likes Miami over that over the Lions. I'm not so sure about that. Really? Yeah, I mean, Miami's four and three, but in fairness, they're a couple plays from being one and five. Uh, and I know the Lions haven't scored in the last couple of games, but we're at Dallas, at New England. You know, the Patriots do have a decent defense, and Dallas has a better defense. So um, at home, I think they've scored 35 or more in each of their last three games. So okay. uh, I'm 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 a little leery of Miami being quote unquote only a field goal favorite. Um, so I I do think the Lions, especially if you look at those home road splits for both teams. Before Ebo asks you about any other NFL or college football picks, I wanted to pick your brain real quick about the World Series because the World Series Game 1 kicks off tonight with the first pitch around 7 o'clock Central Time. 
I looked at game one, didn't really have a great feel for either side. So I looked at the total total was six and a half, seven in some spots. I instantly wanted to say under it's Justin Verlander. It's Aaron Nola, arguably two of the best pitchers on their teams. Justin Verlander is going to win a Cy Young. Both of the bullpens have been healthy, but then I dug into it a little bit more. James Hoy, the home plate umpire, he has been on the over, I think, 18 out of the 13 games, or 18 out of the 31 games that he has umpired behind the plate. And I went back and dug up since 2020, game ones of the World Series have went over six and a half, 16 out of 22 times. I'm with you. If I can get six and a half, I'm probably taking it because I would look at that as I need both teams to get to three runs uh, for for a win. I mean, if it's three to three, it's going to be four to three at some point. Um, so I I do agree with you in as much as it does seem kind of square that you know you got two two hot offenses that you know I, I think you know one of them could go off. I mean, Verlander. I can't bet against Verlander and his experience. I, I really want to. Um, take the hot team because, you know, as you know, in the playoffs, sometimes the momentum is a momentum is bigger than who's the better team. Um, but I, but I agree with you. I, I, I do like that over. And having said that, it'll probably be one of those two one in the 18th <laughs> inning games. I do agree with you because you know we've seen both pitchers get killed. Like, exactly. The only the only the only negative on that that's holding me back is there's not a lot of familiarity on either side with either pitcher. So. That's kind of okay. You know, that's a little bit of a that's a little bit of a of a check mark on the under, but probably not enough for me to want to bet it. Hey, well, thanks for the World Series. A little tidbit there, Dave and Rowdy. Uh, speaking of over unders, I did want to pick your brain on this on a college football game. So it opened up at thirty one and a half. The over under, if it would have held, it would have been the lowest total ever in the history of college football. It has now moved up to thirty seven and a half. That would be Iowa hosting Northwestern, the Hawkeyes yeah. versus the Wildcats. Dave, 37 and a half points. Well, it opened at 31 and a half. What did you think when you saw that line originally? Oh, I laughed. I mean, I, I still think it stays under, but I mean, I don't know how you don't put a good chunk of your mortgage on the Northwestern team total under. I mean, that's that's almost like free money to me. After you laughed, Dave, did you chuckle and then say, well, I know what I'm doing Saturday afternoon. I'm watching Northwestern Iowa. Big Ten football. Yeah, I did. I, you are I, Mr. I, SEC. I, I mean, I'm, how, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm uh, on the QT. I'm a Pac-12 scout, so I, I can't, I, I can't start my work too early. Well, Dave, I mean, as Mr. SEC that you are, I mean, you've you've made it very clear how much you love the SEC. How can you not love though, pure Big Ten football, Iowa Northwestern? Like that is that is pinnacle of football, Dave. How can you disagree? Um, because I'm on a Pac-10. Uh, packed uh, Big Ten radio station. I, I can't disagree. Um, but, <laughs> well, but you can I, say whatever you want say, here. Full, full disclosure: When I did a podcast um, on college football games, and they usually send me the games they want to do, and we picked five, and I think three of them were Big Ten games this week, and I was like sick to my stomach <laughs> because it's the best conference league <laughs> so, around, Dave. I, I know you <laughs> saw. Are there, are there any less boring games? Come on, hey, hey! I know you saw the Iowa Ohio State game last weekend where Iowa's defense actually played extremely well, and the offense was just so brutal that they had over six possessions where they started in Iowa territory. Iowa had a ton of turnovers and it just snowballed. So you're into stats and analytics. 
they ran ESPN ran a data saying and Iowa it it was proved that Iowa would have been more successful and the game would have been closer if Iowa just punted every single play that they had the <laughs> offense or the football offensively. Uh, yeah, I, I can I can see that. I did not see that, but yeah. And here you are um, hating on the Big Ten, Dave. If Iowa would have punted every possession, they would have been more efficient or effective of beating Ohio State. Come on. No, I, I'll take Penn State plus the points this weekend. <laughs> now that's something. What is that? Uh, Penn, 15, and 15 and a half. 15 and a half? Yeah. I mean, you know, I I was looking at the strength of schedule, which is this time of year something you can kind of put a little more stock in it. You know, on paper, um, at, on team rankings, Ohio State's played the 13th tougher schedule. And I don't know what paper they're, they're reading this from. You know, Iowa, Michigan State, Arkansas State, and Toledo. I mean, come on. Come I mean, I, I just don't get it. Um, I like I like 15 and a half points. I mean, you know, one of those teams is eighth in points per play allowed, and one of them's third in Pass completion percentage allowed, and I'll give you a hint: it's not Ohio State. So <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get in front of the train and uh, look at Penn State plus the points. You got it, Dave. Hey, thanks so much, Dave. All right, Dave. Uh, before I let you go, it's Halloween on Monday. What's uh, what's the trick or treating scene like down there in Florida? Are you gonna be uh, this weekend? Are the kiddies gonna be out? Are you gonna be out handing candy or you free gambling advice to kids? Like, what does Dave Esser do? Yeah, that's actually a good idea, um, but it'd probably be a bad place. Um, uh, <laughs> well, free gambling um, advice uh, for kids that come to the door. Yeah, we'll take Penn State on, in the on points. Monday night, I am going to church, and they're doing one of those trunk or treat things ah. where you you know make dress up your trunk like some sort of biblical. Whatever. Oh, what are you going to do? Are you going to um, do the flood? Yes, as a matter of fact. Nice. Um, Every kid that comes to just dump a bucket wife, of water in the My wife bought me a costume, um, uh, uh, a Noah costume. Really? That, uh, yeah, and Sweet. I'm going to have to dress up as Noah, so that's good. When I'm passing out those Smarties and Sweet Tarts, I can... I can I can slip him a little piece of paper. Yeah, I said here here give this <laughs> to your dad. Plus the point give this you to your old. dad. Here's give, the look ahead line. Give this to your dad. Here's Cincinnati minus three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know. That that, I don't know that that's the form or the or the or the platform to do that, but it definitely. It definitely okay, would that be frowned upon to give out gambling advice in the church parking lot? No, because gambling is not. Um, it's not a sin. No, they used to roll dice and stuff, and you know that's. You know, I don't want like I mean, someone dressed up as Jesus coming and flipping some tables over for money makers, Dave. Okay. Well, hey, I can't help you after the fact. <laughs> yeah, Browns, Bengals, Monday night, Cincinnati three. Yeah, you know, I want you giving those kids gambling advice. Here, give this to your dad. I should, I should video that and send it to you guys. Yeah. Oh, and Dave, also, since you're dressed as Noah, every kid that comes around, just dump a bucket of water on their head. Say, there you go. They're ready for the flood. I, I, would, I would totally do that. Yeah, um, I, we got it all my, figured out. My, my wife's a little more, a lot more conservative. What's, um, what's her um, costume? I don't, I don't know. I the Ark? Noah's wife, and I don't even think we know what her name is. <laughs> Dave. She's going because it's a social event. Yeah, why not? Maybe she could be the she could be the water. I really, like, I, I really wanted to go as Moses because they have snakes that are like remote controlled, and I could like sit in the middle of the parking lot and like make it go when the little kids go walking by. Have their mothers you could, like you could be out. you could be walking around the Ten Commandments, like shaming people for not doing stuff, Dave. Come on. Well, yeah, I, I I would totally do that, but I think she could she could be the burning bush. 
Yeah, I thought about that, too. <laughs> we got your bases covered. Dave, we love you, man. Have a good weekend. A good luck trunk or treating. You got you guys, too. Talk to you next see, week. See you, Dave. There he is, Dave Essler, pregame.com. Dave underscore Essler, E-S-S-L-E-R on Twitter. That's funny. Trunk or treat? Uh, so more shocking news yesterday. This actually broke this time yesterday when we were on air is that David Stearns, Brewers, president of baseball operations, stepping down, going to remain as a advisor. And uh, GM Matt Arnold now uh, getting the ascension to the next you know, president of baseball operations. I saw Buster only tweet this up. David Stearns signed the contract, which gives Mark Ananasio the power to keep Stearns in baseball purgatory for a whole year. Because remember, the only out he had was if the Brewers got to the World Series, then he could get out his contract. Well, that obviously didn't happen because they didn't even make the playoffs. And now that David Stearns, uh, I'm sorry, Mark Ananasio owns the power over David Stearns to keep him in baseball for a, purgatory for a year. It's true. It I is. mean, contractually obligated to work for the Brewers for another year, so he can't just quit. Now, Does that Anasio trade him then to the Mets? Well, a lot of times, exactly. It's either they're going to cut you loose in sports or they're going to trade you. Mm-hmm. Now, I said yesterday when this all kind of broke that I think that moving Matt Arnold up instead of letting a David Stearns finish this next full calendar year as the GM almost gives you like a trial run with Matt Arnold. And I think it makes it that David Stearns is now available to be traded. (laughs) Yes. And, and Matt Arnold making some interesting comments too. Kind of one of the funny things that I thought was like when David Stearns made the comment that he's not going anywhere, he's going to be in Milwaukee. And yeah. if anyone has any questions or anything like that, he'll be there to help. And he said he has blah, no blah, blah. plans, no future plans. Do you believe him? Here's my response to that. Two words, my ass. Do you believe that a 37 year old David Stearns who uh, has been great for the Brewers literally, as he says, has no plans moving forward? Yeah. In 2024, Do you believe that a 37 as a 38 year old guy, I have no plans to continue in baseball whatsoever. I think I'm just going to hang it up, even though I've mentioned about how New York was my favorite team growing up and it would be my dream job. And all of the smoke about me being, you know, connected to the Mets. No, I have no plans. Yeah, I have no plans. I, I don't want to do the, the GM job here anymore. You know, I'm just going to be an, an advisor and, you know, a little tiny role here. I'll help when needed. You know, if, if Arnold needs some guiding, I'll help him. My ass. Yeah. You know exactly what you're doing. That is such a line of BS. Here's the quote from David Stearns yesterday. I understand people want to know what comes next. The truth is, I don't know. I'm not going into this with any plan. Again, to quote Rowdy, my ass. There is no way that you don't know what your your next move is. What, Do you Ra- think he's retired at age 38? He turns 38 February 18th. And Do you no. think a guy that had rose as quick as David Stearns has rose over the years through the Astros organization, risen. through the Milwaukee Brewers organization to where he was at, to head of baseball operations, general manager of the Milwaukee Brewers, and a guy that was linked to even bigger markets... You think he's just done? No, I don't. I think he's going to be a New York Met well, sooner about, than later. Uh, it was a tweet out there talking about how, well, they were asking Mark Ananasio questions about David Stearns and what this means. And, you know, will what he mean? will he work the entire 
year of his contract or will he be allowed to go interview with the Mets? Yeah. All this other stuff. Mark Ananasio really didn't answer any of the questions. Does he really ever? Yeah. You mean to tell me that a guy who's 37 years old, going to be 38 in February, doesn't have any plans for his future? Rowdy, do you do not get to that position that David Stearns got to without having a plan for the future? Do you think this dude, would you quit or step down from a job without having another job ready to go? Like, would you just go, I'm no, going to quit? because I don't see him retiring at age 38. Like, anyone in, in any walk of life, would you be like, well, I'm just going to quit everything, my income, my, my job, everything, just turn away from money without having a plan of what I'm going to do afterwards? No, unless you want to be homeless. Like, I don't think he'd ever no, be not, homeless. Not but probably he's got a nice little, you know, little nest egg there. He, he probably, he, I don't know if I could find a real legit figure, but he's making in the millions per year. Yes, I mean... He's got an stick. How about though what Matt Arnold said? So one of the things that he mentioned on his approach to the first free agency was now this was with an obvious caveat that, that he was operating in concert with ownership. It's going to be opportunistic. Yeah, we need to be opportunistic. And ultimately, I think that will lead us to a World Series. Matt now, Arnold. wouldn't you say that in the window the Milwaukee Brewers were currently in? It was a big opportunity. Being opportunistic wouldn't be trading away Josh Hader. It would have been trading for a bat or for another arm. Bringing in, not pushing out. See, I still don't believe that that was a true David Stearns trade of Josh Hader. I think that was, you know, like we talked about yesterday, Josh Hader, there were some murmurs and rumors that, you know, he kind of had was butting heads with the front office and, and management. Mm-hmm. He was butting heads because he was a one inning closer and he wanted to get paid. Now, you can see Josh Hader's argument if this is true, because he was one of the best relievers in baseball for the last four or five seasons. He was arguably the best closer in baseball for the last three seasons. So you get why he'd want to make money. But then if you're on the other side of things, if you are the GM, the owner, you're going to want him as cheap as possible, especially in a small market. Yeah. And the CBA was signed the way that it was signed. They're just playing by the rules that that you that they're allowed to follow. Mm-hmm. So you can see where they're at. And in all honesty, they could ride you out as cheap as they want for the next year if you're Josh Hader. And there's nothing you can do about it because that's just how the baseball CBA was written. Yeah. Yeah. Now... That being said, they, there was some frustrations. There was some butting of heads. He never wanted to ever sign an extension where some of the rumors yeah, and he's he unhappy. only wanted to be a one inning pitcher and this and that. I really do believe that Mark Ananasio did not want to pay him 16, 17, whatever it was going to be no, next year. For doesn't fit his MO. He wasn't going to do it. And I believe he told David Stearns, Hey, let's look into trading him. Now, was David Stearns totally against it? I don't necessarily say he was totally against it, but I, I don't think he also punted on the deal saying, Haha, I'm going to screw the Brewers. Watch this. I'm going to go to the Mets next year, and this Brewers team is going to be awful because I'm going to trade Josh Hader. I do believe, and I know Ben said this, I do believe that they uh, they did try to, to find the best deal, but I think personally that this was a Mark Ananasio thing saying, no, trade him now. Sure. David Stern's not necessarily wanting to trade him and then trying to do the best he could with it. 
It doesn't feel like a David Stearns type of move. But, but I did like some of the things that my, Matt Arnold said. Like, you, you look at how he mentioned how he was going to do some things a little differently, how, you know, he was going to tap into free agency opportunistically or how free agency has to be more of like a has to be more of a focus. Yeah. I agree with that. And I think that if you allowed Matt Arnold to go out and use some of the money, go out and grab some more Wait, free agents. Let Mark use he's gonna free up some money? That's the thing. He can say all this and he may want to do that, be more opportunistic, be able to make free agency more of a, a priority, but you know who's got the pockets, you know who has Mark. ultimate yeah, control? It's Mark. Does he want to open up the pocketbooks? Well, no, he sold at the trade deadline. Yeah. yeah. And I like what Arnold's saying. It sounds good. You know, but then he's got to toe the company line. He's got, like we got to be frugal. It we sounds be good cheap. to the public, to the fans, to everybody. Which what the GM always does. It's what you want to hear, especially if you're a Brewers fan, being in a small market. Always say, just go get that one more guy. But will they do it? Exactly. Yeah. Will Will they allow yep. him to take the handcuffs off to do something? I would probably say no. Uh, I saw this uh, for the Green Bay Packers. It's from uh, Cody Krupp, who covers <clears throat> green and gold. I've never seen Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur interact as much during a Packers practice practice warm-up as they did today. A 10-minute talk of them just going deep into a a notebook that LaFleur had. And then they said this, not pictured, was David Bakhtiari not suited up, but riding the cardio cycle. Well, Rodgers and LaFleur are really attacking the game plan. How disheartening is it, though, in... You know, Rodgers talked about this going into the game last weekend. Uh, he didn't know David Bakhtiari wasn't going to be playing until, like, what, 90 minutes before kickoff? David I, Bakhtiari not suited up in practice, riding the cardio bike. I really just think this is what David Bakhtiari is going to be for the rest of his career. And, I mean, we thought going into this season when it was like, hey, he's not practicing during any training camp. Hey, he's not, he's not going to play in any preseason. Hey, he's not going to do this. He's not going to do that. Then remember week one, there were those rumors floating around that he might start. Mm-hmm. And then it was nothing. And then it was like, oh, well, week three is when they're going to look to play him. And then when he finally started three, four weeks into the season, you figured that he would play an entire game. Yeah. He played like a half. And then he, he, you know, he swapped, swapped series. And then all of a sudden he played like three quarters of a game. And then he finally played nearly the entire game. And then all of a sudden, a couple of weeks after that, now his knee is sore again. This is literally what David Bakhtiari is going to be for the rest of his year. If, if you had to ask me <sighs> and it's, and it sucks for David Bakhtiari. It sucks for the green Bay Packers and it sucks for the fans Mm -hmm. because you have a lot of money invested in David Bakhtiari to be one of the best left tackles. And when he's played pro football focus and DVOA and football outsiders have all graded him as, as a damn good left tight or left tackle. And he's played at a, a very high level when he's healthy. So it's not that the guy is shot again. It's not like his ligaments and tendons are done. It's just the pain and the need, just not. So, and it's like, there's nothing you can do about it. No, man, but is it an expensive guy to sit on the bench every other game? Like if it was still like the ligaments and tendons that were torn or there was something wrong with them, there's still another surgery or, or something you could do to make it better when it's just pain related and draining your knee. If it's fluid, a lot of times 
there's nothing you can do. That knee is just kind of shot. That's a bummer. And then speaking of injuries, Alan Lazard saying, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be playing against the Buffalo Bills. Um, This week, probably not. Um, But, you know, take it day by day and just see how it goes. He also, that was yesterday. And that is very disheartening as well. That was yesterday. I, w- I would argue that that is a bigger loss than David Bakhtiari. Oh, my God. I mean, look at the wide receiver room for the Packers. Like, the line was great without Bakhtiari last game. I know they didn't really pressure Aaron Rodgers much. Or and they've pretty blitz, much but... played, with Bakht- or played without Bakhtiari for yeah. two seasons now. And, yeah, like you said, Zach Tom stepping in at left tackle. They got Yo- Yash over Yash there at right tackle. Nyman. It, it seems like kicking Jenkins in has kind of stabil, uh, stabilized the offensive line inside, moving running over to right guard. You kick Newman out. It seems like the offensive line. They is, have the bodies there to deal with that. What you don't have is bodies in the wide receiver room. Well, the receiver room we already knew was void of a lot of talent. And now that the bodies are hitting the floor. Drowning pool. That's a song. I know. Yeah. Drowning pool. That's why I said it. Yeah, I know. But yeah, now that the bodies are hitting the floor, Al Lazard is out. Cobb is out. Watkins is just coming off a hamstring. Watson has a hamstring. Like, they're now talking up Samari Toure about how he's running good routes in practice and he's starting to flash and make plays. That could be true, and I hope it is, and I hope that translates to Sundays. But jeepers. Like, he's your sixth or seventh wide receiver. Jeepers. Yeah, I know. It's, I mean, he's lucky to even be on he's the He's a seventh-round pick out of Nebraska. He's on the practice squad. Samari Toure. We, we were thinking, like, they wouldn't even keep him before the season started. Remember that? Like, I don't well, know. Well, there was a strong possibility. They are like, I don't know. I don't Amari Rodgers is going to get time. But just think about, think actually, just think about the wide receiving core real quick. When you have Cobb out, when you have Alan Lazard out, when you have Watson out, and Watkins is just coming back, Watkins can go down the field. Romeo Dobbs can go down the field, but they also like to get him the football around the line of scrimmage. Samari Toure is a slot receiver. We don't exactly know at, from a fan perspective what he is. Jawan Winfrey is a, a guy body. that Aaron Rodgers likes, mm-hmm. but I mean, it really hasn't translated to Sundays and him playing at a high level. And then there's Amari Rogers where, you know, he cannot make plays down the field more than five yards when it comes to him getting the football thrown. What to him. can he do? It's a lot of over the middle crossing routes or like slants or little screens and stuff like that. Nothing downfield. No. You have so many limited guys with limited route trees that you are kind of screwed. You are screwed. And oh, by the way, the bills do have the best defense in the NFL. And that's to go along with the best offense in yeah. the NFL. So more from Alan Lazard, what happened to his left shoulder against Washington and why he's probably not going to be playing against the Bills coming here for Sunday night? Out of the third quarter. What would you feel? A pop, crack, snap, crackle, pop. Three guys Christy men showed up too. Not, not the good kind. No, not the good kind. No. No. Snap, crap, and pop. pop. Yep. Yeah. All, Sounds... all three of them. Snap. Crackle and pop the shoulder for Alan Lazard, man. And this was the guy that was said he was going to be the number one wide receiver coming in. We all as fans knew that that's not the case on a normal NFL team. What did Brian Gutekunst do? Nothing. We got Sammy Watkins. Who's hobbled down to Sunday night, Green Bay Packers. (sighs) Close game. Packers win in a close game or get absolutely blown out of the water. That's my take. They they somehow circle the wagons 
and you see this team play to the the ability that we thought they might be, you know, week one, where you see flashes from like the Romeo Dobbs. Somehow, some way, they get enough offense. They they actually run the football with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, and that's that's kind of the catalyst to how they win this ugly game. And the defense really steps up, turns over Josh Allen. Like that's that's gotta be. The formula for winning, right? Like the lean on your lives up to its expectations. Yeah, lean lean on that run game and play action off of it. You have to still have some of your some young receivers step up. Who the hell knows who it's going to be or who's going to actually be healthy on the field? But it's it's really got to be the defense because you look at Buffalo is Buffalo is the number one offense and the number one defense in the league so far this season. Mm-hmm. Now there are because there's like Football Outsiders DVOA. Uh, PFF, like all, there's like three different big ones that do all these rankings for all the players and all the teams. I think almost all of them have the Bills number one in offense, number one in defense, but I think there is one of those publications that has the Bills number two. I believe it's in defense. Regardless, it doesn't matter. They were like one of the first teams to be ranked uh, number one on offense and defense for like decades. And guess what? The last team that did that won the Super Bowl. They're everyone's pick. They're the favorite to win. Yeah, the they're Super the Bowl. darling. They're the darling. Clearly, they're they're much better than the Packers on paper. Their statistics uh, show that out. I mean, I just said I think that the Green Bay Packers to win this game, they would have to probably run it yeah. and then play action off of that to some young receivers that are very unproven and a lot of them haven't even hardly played, especially with all the injuries. Yeah. Buffalo still has the number one run defense in the league. They're averaging like 77 yards allowed on the ground. They're just, how are the pack? How are the Packers? If they are going to want to run the football, how are they going to do it? We've, we've seen that Matt LaFleur and this green Bay Packers team doesn't even like to run the football more than 12 times, 12, 18 times. Which was the last game. And then he won't realize it till after the game. Oh man. And then, Oh, by the way, they're also pretty dang good when it comes to the pass and the Packers have no effing receivers. Who's healthy. No, I know. And they weren't good to begin with. So speaking of the receiving room, uh, Tom Clements was uh, talking to the media yesterday. He was up on the podium. And remember, everyone was hacked off about Tom Clements, how uh, he told Aaron Rodgers that Sunday against the Commanders was his highest-graded game. So Tom Clements was was asked about that. Uh, let's see here. He says, uh, he's not Rodgers is not perfect. He's going to make some minus throw at, throws at times. But his it was his season-high grade against the Commanders was only uh, a percentage, only percentage points higher than his number two game. And Clements said, asked every which way how Aaron Rodgers is playing, Clements said, quote, I think he's playing well, said Mike uh, Tom Clements. And then on the wide receiver room, Tom Clements was asked on how Rodgers has been, you know, with the receivers in the meetings. Quote, he is great with them in the room. He tries to explain to them a particular play, what he's thinking, what he has to do, and where they fit into the particular play. Ebo, what was the worst year in Aaron Rodgers' entire NFL career? I mean, besides his rookie year, 2018. Yeah, since he started yeah, playing. 2018. 2018. And why was that his worst year? Because basically since 2008, he had a down year, but the Packers in general had a down year. It was kind of like the feeling out process, right? Yeah. Brett Favre just left. McCarthy, brand new head coach, uh, quarterback, mind meld there. But since 20, 2009... 
2018 is by far his worst season. And the reason it was his worst season is because we were pretty much used to seeing Aaron Rodgers being a top five quarterback in the NFL with elite arm talent and elite uh, mind, uh, an elite mind of the game at the line of scrimmage. Like that's all we ever saw. Mm -hmm. And then you got to 2018. He's fighting with Mike McCarthy. It's visibly a decaying relationship. And his legs effed up too. We didn't know that at the time, but he did suffer that injury. Had a what a Bro- fractured, a fractured bone broken, in his femur yeah, or knee or whatever, it was. whatever it was. We knew he already had like the sprained ankle from whatever. We knew he was banged up. It didn't look good though to the naked eye. It looked like you know maybe he missing was throws. missing throws on purpose. Maybe he was throwing some plays just to get a coach fired. But when you go back and you look at that season, he's still pretty much graded out as like a top 12 quarterback yeah. in every single category. I think he said his down, people wish that they had his down years. Yeah. It, that was his quote was yeah. a year or two later. Something along those lines. But my he, down years, they wish for something like that. He's still graded out as a top 12 quarterback at basically every single category. Yeah, it was bad for Aaron Rodgers, but if you had a a decent defense and some decent skilled players around him, you would take the 12-ranked quarterback pretty much every year and say, we got a pretty dang good season going. Yeah. Now, fast forward to 2022. We talked about his knee. or, Or, sorry, his knee slash leg where it was broken. Look at 2022. You would easily say that this is probably the worst receiving core he's ever played with, right? Yes. When it comes to inexperience and talent level. Yep. You would say he's older than he's ever been. Clearly. Well, I mean, that's, clearly. He, he, he turns just, 39. He's not getting any younger. He just got older right now. I was talking about him. You would also say that this is the first time that he's noticeably had something wrong with his throwing hand. Thumb injury. AKA is a broken thumb. Yep. All of those things add up. And then you could easily say that in that time period, this might be so far through the first seven games of the season, maybe the worst the offensive line has played in a long time under Aaron Rodgers, especially when you factor in the 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 point of he's getting older where the legs might not necessarily be mm-hmm. as, as good or as nimble as when they were when the offensive line might have been a little lesser because he doesn't get out of the pocket and, and sure. evade people as much. So that's hampering him due to the fact that the line hasn't been the greatest. All of these things go into that. And then the fact that they're not running the ball really at all. So it's not taking any pressure. The perfect storm of BS. It's, it, it's not taking really any pressure off of off of the yeah, ability totally. to. Yeah, everything. A lot of people are bitching that they're running out of shotgun, but that could be well, because he's hurt. got the broken thumb. And That's pretty obvious. Being under another man's taint, probably it doesn't feel the best <laughs> when you're taking snaps. Broken thumb or not. Exactly. Yeah. So out of shotgun is better for the thumb. Hey, you got a coin purse? Oh, wait, no. All I'm all I'm saying here is there's a lot of things that are adding up for Aaron Rodgers that might not even have been there in, in 2018. Yeah. And we still saw him in the top 12 of 2018. For the most part sure. this season, you can go and grade right. Aaron Rodgers out for like all the categories. He's still a top 10 to 14 quarterback right now with yeah. all of those things. Yep. And he's older. And we'll see what happens on Sunday. I mean, no. he's not washed. The guys around him stink. Yep. We've covered this at nauseum, Rowdy, on, you know, wanting a steak the other day. You want flaming yam, but you get a flank steak or you get spam. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>